Welcome to We're All Gonna Die and Other Fun Facts, a semi-regular, occasionally amusing, and rarely funny series of conversations on a random topic. This episode is entitled, I Was a Weak Man, Now I'm a Bad Ghost. And it's about a new single, Bad Ghost, from which the, the title, the lyrics are lifted from, by E.W. Harris. And our guest for this episode is something who knows someone who knows something about the song Bad Ghost by E.W. Harris. Actually, E.W. Harris, hello and welcome. <laughs> it's good to be here. It's good to be here. It's good to exist virtually. Yeah. Calling to us from Brooklyn. Yes, yes. And uh, though it does say, I love how your bio starts with you were born in the Rust Belt, raised in the Deep South. <laughs> yeah. And a, a, a person of Brooklyn since 2009. Yeah. Which I think later on we, we need to get into how a sense of place and, and being present is part of your aesthetic. Unless you want to get into that now. I mean, but, we can get into it immediately. This, I mean, this is something. Let's just do it. Let's just do it. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, I, I do, I do find myself, um, I do, I, I do find myself like expressing many attitudes that my larger Rust Belt family have, you know, that are pretty idiosyncratic in a lot of ways. Um, you know, that whole thing where you can't talk to somebody about something nice you got, you know, unless you tell them that you got a deal on it. That type of thing. Oh, man. <laughs> you know, um, there's those type of things. I mean, I have a lot of early childhood memories of wreckage, post-industrial wreckage that uh, definitely informs like my imagination, you know, and um, also that I've spent a lot of, I mean, you know, that that's, that's something I've been thinking about and as sort of the origin kind of of me being an artist really is in the South. And so I've just sort of shut up and let people put me there. <laughs> you know, what was tripping me out is thinking about like, I've been living in the Rust Belt so long and that has been so normalized to me. Mm -hmm. This whole, oh yeah, I got a deal on it. I mean, so the exact opposite so growing up in a white flight suburban community in New Jersey meant where you shopped and how much you paid for something, especially as the, our community was changing and becoming more diverse. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I have a memory in my high school childhood, whatever, of being asked where I got something every day. Whoa. Like every single day, because there was, if you shopped at Kmart and Bradley's, you were uh, this yeah. kind of South Plain. But if you shopped at Stern's and Macy's and where Neiman Marcus or whatever, you were this kind of person. And it's wild, but, you know, some friends from home came on a baseball trip and they, um, at the time, my house did not had on-street parking. And one of them said, what car is yours? And I knew exactly what that meant. You know, I was 20 something and I owned a house. Okay. And, but I explained that real estate in Pittsburgh at the time was very cheap, but where, what car is yours? And I knew exactly what that was. Yo, that's crazy. That's crazy. So I totally, yes, normalize that. And also, yeah. Eastern Ohio is the apocalypse. Is, is oh, yeah. oh yeah, you know. I mean, there is this talk in you know one of the write-ups of your piece, right? Is like you know it's, it's this fantasy dystopian romantic, <laughs> which yeah. Um, actually, I've never been to Akron, but I've, I've I've spent a lot of time in Youngstown and Cleveland, and places yeah, like I mean, Parma, yeah, I mean, Rogers, Ohio. When when we've when, gone when, when we've, we've gone, gone when I've gone, gone to see relatives, relatives uh, recently, uh, recently, Akron itself Akron has, itself has I, mean, it's, I mean it's 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 followed it's, a similar arc, arc to Pittsburgh in that like, yeah. the university like, system, system has like, system has like sort of redeveloped, redeveloped the city in a lot of ways. 
um, um, and and there's that element to it too. But you know, immediately surrounding area, still you know, still you know, still old Goodyear stuff, Goodyear stuff, Goodyear stuff, all the old tire companies and that type of thing. And then you know, and then you know. The, the, I don't know what's going to say. Yeah, Mahoning <laughs> County, I think, has the greatest population loss in the last 30 years of any place in the U.S. I, I mean, it's I'm, I mean, not surprised. Not surprised. Downtown Youngstown's amazing. Like you can go to downtown Youngstown in the middle of a weekday afternoon and not see another human being. That's pretty crazy. That's pretty crazy. It's Cause it's, cause it's, it's a, a mid size. It's a mid yeah, it was. And the street <laughs> grid's still there. And but yeah, you can go and not just not see other humans. Yo, yo, that's nuts. That's nuts. It's got a neutron bomb vibe. Uh, it, it's <laughs> yeah, I mean, or even a place like East Palestine, which is like literally just over the, you know, that little sliver of West Virginia. It's the probably closest Ohio midsize city. And yeah. You know, the clay industry is not there anymore, except for those mugs they sell at Starbucks or for a while there, they were still selling. They were still making those mugs in East Palestine. But yeah, yeah, yeah. it's no, it's amazing. No, I, that's crazy. That's crazy. You know, I mean, the, no, there's, the, there's like my folks left, my folks left, you know, so I can't. So I can't claim to have stuck it out, stuck it out, you know, but I definitely, but I definitely. Musically, musically grew up with this up idea. With this idea that I radio, I was radio was cool. You know, that like that like there's always some place, always some go, place you can go. You know, you know, hide, hide, do whatever it is, do whatever it is you're gonna do. Out of you know, out of view of others, and that there is something now. Now, granted, things that things I think I think interesting, interesting. Like I've definitely been accused to some to some extent. Guilty, I'm guilty of of you know you know you know you get a lot you know you get a lot of people in and just take all these photos and stuff and stuff wrecked auto wrecked auto facilities and destroys and destroy yeah and you have this sort you have this sort of ruin born horn thing that's levied and levied with these type of things but for me for me it's like it's like like it's like you know it's like you know it's very the whole thing is the whole thing is very similar to. You know, like you have a you know, like you have a specific memory. memory you know, in the seven, you know, in the seventies, late sixties, early seventies, really put, put in all those like sculptural, sculptural jungle gyms, jungle gyms, gyms and parks and parks, you know, and people you know, really attached, attached, really attached to this from like from like a child for a child for a childhood reason. You know, and it's a similar, and it's a similar thing to me. And I remember, I remember. This is the, this is the, this is, this is, this is the, oh, you've actually broken up completely. Uh-oh. Yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah, no, no, yeah, no, 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 no. Like, This um, is the, like, this is the problematic, 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 an idea, somebody calls, somebody calls, ask me about my car insurance. So, so, um, that's okay. No worries. No worries. But no, I mean it's but no, it, I mean it's, that, it's like that, that whole thing, that, that whole thing. thing like, think about these, think about you know, these, I think you know, I think about these things very much in a tiny way. I think about tires and empty factories, empty factories. You know, there's, you know, there's, there's, and, and my uncle and my uncle architect was an architect. He for years and years, for years and years, when he was completely independent, his offices, his offices were all factories, all factories, and so like it also also represents these spaces, spaces, the spaces that people are there and whether they're in decay or not, possibilities. And so like that, so like that's definitely stuck. This idea, this idea that you can have or space or space to do with what you want, and no one's and somebody owns somebody owns it, and no one's really gonna care. It's like. Really exciting, really exciting to me. To me. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's wild. And and thinking about those spaces as spaces of possibility mm. is, I mean, near here or east of here is the Rust Belt city of Johnstown, which yeah, yeah. there's this real resistance to tearing anything down or making anything to anything new because it's our heritage or it's the way the world is supposed to work. 
it is not allowed to become anything else. And that place is not allowed to become anything else. And it's become, you know, I'd rather hang out in young. There's more in Youngstown than there is, I think in Johnstown because of that, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. But also it's, for me thinking about one of the things I really like about your songwriting and, and the way that we approach those kinds of spaces is the depth of character and the depth of sort of personal history that, that you, there's only so much detail you can give in a song, but you have a feeling that it's there. Nice. 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 I I I feel like that's I feel like that's really important to me. It's really important. It's really important to me to write the characters' backstory prior to doing the thing. One reason, one big reason, is so that I can use the post-apocalyptic lingo that I made up. And you know, in, yeah. in the context of the thing, in those sort of later, later, later days of TSR, Dungeons and Dragons type of way. Yeah. But also, it's easier to write the song, you know, because you're sort of, you've already constructed this sort of alternate life for this person and decided why it's important or what you wanted to say through the context of this other thing and then kind of lifting one moment of their experience is not so much of an issue, you know, and I think just like little details, like one word at a time, one word that somebody wouldn't understand under scrutiny, or one uh, sort of, sort of, almost, almost familiar situation, situation is enough, and and, and, and it, makes it makes it more exciting for me, and hopefully it makes it more exciting for listen. It does, and actually speaking of this sci-fi spacey thing, and I'm going to try to clean the audio recording up before posting. So the <laughs> thing that's now happening, it's not echo and reverb. Yeah, the yeah. Th- I'm hearing your voice a little bit first. Like the echo is coming first and then the full body voice is coming second. So it's like you're talking to me from the future. Well, that kind of works for me. (laughs) 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 Yeah, it's totally spacey. It's weird because it's like I'm hearing I'm not the echo is louder than the original or wait. No, it's not. It's like it's almost like the pre. It's like you're calling, like you're just a few seconds into, you're a fraction of a second into the future coming into this plane of existence. And I'm kind of enjoying it. Okay, cool. cool. I mean, you know. (laughs) I mean, as long as we keep it on that, in that driving in that particular avenue, I think it'll work. And I'll play with audacity effects and it'll be fine. Nice. Um, Nice. Which also then, for me thinking about well, it actually is that lyric. I mean, Grant is part of the chorus of the song, but, you know, I was a weak man. Now I'm a bad ghost. And just thinking about. <sighs> metaphysics and the way in which this idea that, yeah, if you could be if you're a, a bad human. Would you also then be a bad ghost? <laughs> and it wouldn't be the afterlife wouldn't be actually about transcending it would almost be this weird like Beetlejuice-esque, maybe not Beetlejuice-esque afterlife, but an afterlife where, yeah, if you're a weak weak man, you can then become a bad ghost. Your problems can carry on into eternity, which is, I just thinking about that image is just, it messes me up a little bit. (laughs) Well, you get, I mean, you definitely get the notion in a lot of like, so I often get classed as a folk singer and I got a few things to say about that, but that would take up the whole thing. <laughs> you know, problems with authenticity and whatnot. We can get into that another time if, if, we, if we need to. Yes. But, and um, if you're interested and we do need to, at some point, Carl Hagstrom Miller's book, Segregating Sound. You know this book? Okay. Yes, I do know this book. Okay. So that would be the conversation. So we yeah, could have so it sometime for a get, podcast for the people listening, but for everybody else, let's go back to yes. 
yeah but but like some of the more like I do like some folk songs, uh, a very specific brand of them that has to do with people dying and, and sort of existing nonetheless. And, you know, whatever that whatever shape that happens to take. And yeah. in some of the like more particularly dirty songs from uh, Ireland, and Scotland in particular, some parts of Spain, um, you get this sort of um, the the penitent ghost you know i think that that informs that idea somewhat yes the penitent ghost but like i'm always sort of my whole thing is that like okay i mean what did you even do you know you stabbed some some guy there's like a lot of things about that you know but it was sort of like in this particular situation i tried to put the character in this place where it wasn't just their own life that they were responsible for you know and the chorus mm. is kind of talking to the the other the silent partner in this life um because it was a whether or not it was the case that the i character was responsible for this death was responsible yeah. for being murdered it is the case that they feel like it is yeah. <laughs> you know? oh so, man so <laughs> that is some layers of guilt there right <laughs> which and also is in that also totally postmodern sort of educated urban people guilt <laughs> right yeah no no definitely that that would that um, would follow people into the into the afterlife if totally well i mean it's like it's like when you get sort of people i don't know there's a there's a decent amount of it that is me saying fuck your boutique responsibility do you know what i mean yeah like you get to pick you know on some <laughs> on some level <laughs> you know but at the same time it is also the case that like whether or not you picked when you take on a responsibility of some kind, it is kind of yours, but it's not yours really. And you might be understanding the situation wrong. Yeah. You know? um, and so, yeah. you know, with this one, I was trying to get as into the weeds as possible without yeah. people turning it off. Do you know what I'm saying? No, I, I understand <laughs> that completely. And it, It's a, I mean, it is a great little piece of fiction in that you are exploring. I guess that's the thing. The uh, that would be the other thing, right? Would ghosts sleep? Would ghosts have stuff keeping them up worrying at night? <laughs> no, I mean, or maybe that's all they would do. do you yeah, know? I mean, maybe. that's well, that yeah, that's the other thing too. It was like it's pretty fun to kind of toss that part. It's like, well, what what would I do or what do ghosts do or what happens after you die? How long does this really last anyway? How long is this, you know, is it the five minutes that the song takes? You know, <laughs> is it a moment? Yeah. Is it a moment that's, is it, is it a seed moment that's actually representative of eternity? I don't know. <laughs> no. And I, I, I well, so one of the things I've been really tripping on, and maybe it's just because okay. um, um, I'm in my mid forties now, I have a birthday coming up in a little bit and seeing it in the lives of other people and seeing it in family and stuff, and maybe seeing it in, in terms of also just where we are as a nation that yeah. some people just kind of have a safe point. Like there's a defining moment. There's a Royal Tannenbaum's moment. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Where for some people's lives, they put they drew they that's that's where they plant the flag or the plant the flag is planted for them. Mm -hmm. I remember there's a there's a Henry Rollins essay, we're not an essay but creative nonfiction piece. Like I should say, he he was at a benefit for Phil Linet of Thin Lizzy, okay. and he's ruminating for a moment on Phil Linet's mother, who is just kind of this old Irish woman standing backstage as, you know, Van Halen is playing or whatever, whoever played the benefit. Mm -hmm. And he's thinking about, I was like, she's always going to be that dead guy's mother. 
like that's her life that's how other everybody else is gonna see her and maybe that's how she sees herself you know yeah. as the dead guy's mother and that's the moment and yeah that idea of a seed moment i think is really fascinating what happens to a life or an afterlife after that moment that totally. is well, yeah. I, that one in particular when you're talking about phil Lynott's mom and i think it extends to a lot of dead rock stars moms the one, one thing i think that's pretty interesting about that is that you then have even when they're dead do you know like that's the thing that's the that's the thing that echoes is that like you're jeff this, buckley's mom jeff buckley's mom you know yeah. you're he jeff was buckley's the... mom and then the wikipedia gets into that yeah <laughs> You know, yeah, which I had shuffled, uh, shuffle gifted me on my way home from the comic book store today, a, a, <laughs> nice. a Jeff Buckley song. And I was thinking about how you think even with his mom, too, as the defender of his legacy and all of that, that she mm -hmm. torpedoed at one point. There were three Jeff Buckley biopics in development and she oh, torpedoed wow. no all idea. of them. Yeah. All of them. All of them because she had very strict ideas of how her son would be portrayed. And like yeah. Brad Pitt was attached to one of them. Wow. And she was like, well, no, you can't portray him as depressed. You can't portray him as troubled in any way. And so there was like no human character at that point, probably. <laughs> yeah. And so none of <laughs> yeah. the three happened. Oh, that's yeah. I mean, so it is also not only planting the flag, but planning an idea of a flag. Like this is this is what this moment means, right. and I will never question it, and I will never re-examine it. Yeah, it's it's hiding a photograph of the flag in a shoebox under a bed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and I think for me, it also then it does come to this larger political thing of like, because you know, the aging, graying Gen Xer and all what's the moment at which the world last makes sense to a person and that they are convinced mm. they do not have to learn another thing. And I yeah. see, and no, I no, kind of, no. you know, looking over at friends lives or former acquaintances lives, or you see, I could see that a little bit in some folks that like, or I could see like myself being pulled. No, it's 1997. You know, you just, you, you bought a mini disc player, Matt, <laughs> during the pandemic on eBay. You, you, I bought a bunch of issues of college music journal, new music monthly. Yo. <laughs> to read with the sampler CDs to re-examine the late nineties. And it's like, you could go there if you want, you could be one of those people if you want, you know, I'd rather <laughs> learning new things is fun, but yeah, I mean, you know, and you always saw, hear that one person who like the Pixies were the last band that happened or Nine Inch Nails were the last band that happened. Oh, yeah. No, no I've heard somebody bands. say Limp Biscuit was the last band that happened. Oh, no. No, granted. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was bad news. But Check. There we go. Oh, back. We're back. Yeah. Um, yeah, somebody told me Limp Biscuit was the last band that happened. Wow. I was like, "What's going on?" I think it, I think it may be a combination of things. Here we go. Sorry about that. That's okay. No uh, worries. I think it may be a, I think it may be a combination of those things. You know, like I think on one on one end, the idea of being like, "I'm out," you know, <laughs> is pretty alluring <laughs> if you feel like you can sustain it for a reasonable amount of time. You know, yeah. i.e., your death. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But, but also, like, I think the pressure of that thing too, like, it's like the the pressure of the possibility that uh, the entire paradigm has changed on what you understand, like, can push you into that place as well, yeah. because that paradigm does have a place for stuff that's no longer relevant to it. Do you know, yeah. like each new paradigm has like the old guy place, do you know, yeah. or like the, like, Oh, we understand that that's a thing, but it comes into this different. I, I think this is something we deal with in music a lot, do you know, especially at the moment 
with everybody streaming everything and spotifying everything and and you know it's like what would my childhood have been like if grunge wasn't on the radio you know and there yeah. wasn't a college nearby and and you know like tangerine dream didn't make a hundred albums <laughs> you know like yeah. like if if it was not the case that i had to sort of really dig for things that i would like in books and tv i know tv i didn't even watch tv when i was a kid i watch yeah. tv all the time now do you know but like all yeah. these sort of influences on me as an artist and as a person um are just just you know, to some kid that's like 15 years old, like Chubby Checker and like Brian Adams and like Grotus are like in the same <laughs> conversation. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so, yeah, I, you know, I can't even imagine what that's like. And it is I do feel myself as I'm getting older. I do feel intimidated by this, but I'm also kind of pretentious. So I think I'm up to it. You know, so <laughs> no, I feel that. I mean, if it makes you feel better in the before time, and I'm sure this will happen this fall too, but in the before time, yeah. when I went to a college campus that I worked at and interacted with students, mm -hmm. guaranteed I saw a Nirvana t shirt every week. Guaranteed. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. There might be nothing else from that era that is relevant. Yeah. But I would see a Nirvana t shirt once a week. Um, the other thing I'll say about that is I used to do an icebreaker on the first day of class in the fall, which was like, what's mm -hmm. your top five? What's the top five cultural things you're into right now? Just books, oh, okay. movies. That sounds good. Yeah. And it also at the time was the, the gateway to the first assignment. They didn't realize we were pre-writing for the first assignment that they didn't know that existed <laughs> yet on the syllabus they had yet to see. But it was an icebreaker. What are the top five things you're into? Movies, music, books, games, television. Let's hear it. Nice. And when I started doing that in the fall of 2005, they would have similar things. Like there would be commonalities. People would start bonding in the same room over, oh, I love that artist too. And yeah, that's such a great show. And that's a cool movie. And within five years, I kind of was sometime in the aughts. I was sometimes, sorry, sometime in yeah. the teens. I had to stop doing that because then it wasn't bonding. It was just this, what's he talking about? What's happening over there? <laughs> what is that? Breakfast at where? Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, and it just became this actually drag that like took up a lot of time on the first day. Mm. And I dropped that assignment too. But yeah, it was just nothing. And I, I mean, I'll still do, I'll do a version. I'll say like, what's the last good song you heard? Which I will say this pandemic yeah. year was the first year, both spring and fall. And I teach around 80 students. No one said Wonderwall for an entire academic year. Well, that's a relief at least. Yes, that is a relief. Yeah. But the fall of 20... <laughs> 20 was the first time in my teaching where no one said Wonderwall on that first day. That's, 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 that's pretty sad. That's, I, yeah. I mean, you know, but the, so that fragmentation and when we do, I mean, even when we do just the song, cause we get it quickly. Yeah. There's not a lot of overlap. There's not a lot of everything is tailored to everybody's personal everything. And uh, also then you talk about influences, huh. but also having those like sort of common cultural experiences are yeah. less and less. Well, you know, doesn't, doesn't, I feel like David Byrne is getting at this and how music works mm. a little bit yeah. when he's talking about the headphone thing, like music is now made for headphones. And yeah. when did that, that, when that book come out, like 2002, 2003, something like that. I think so. Yeah. Um, uh and i was kind of like okay well what's the what's the end game scenario here like is it then not just music is made for you to listen by yourself then music is is made for you to listen 
for yourself <laughs> you know yeah and you have the entire history of recorded music to pick from i yeah I, I can sit here and be like oh that's a big problem or whatever you know uh it's not how i enjoy music it's not how i enjoy art generally and yeah. i think there's a lot of people on my team with this mm. But it is it is definitely something you don't get immediate exposure to in a way that could be like wasting a lot of time. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I guess for me, it's like I, I'm old fashioned. Um, I really mm -hmm. don't stream. I don't like how stuff yeah. comes sounds Neither out of my I. phone. Um, and we have some lovely boutique record shops here in Pittsburgh. And I will mm -hmm. go. And what I mean by boutique, it's not like necessarily like, you know, I mean, because there's that also way that like vinyl is a luxury item. This is 200 grand vinyl, you know. Yeah, yeah. But you go to certain places to buy certain kinds of music. Certainly. Yeah. yeah and yeah. there's not, there's, I mean, there's a couple of general, there's one really good general interest record store in Pittsburgh. But beyond that, yeah. There's an indie store that does world music. There's a place that specializes in soundtracks. There's uh, mm -hmm. I was today at the punks, punk and metal store. Um, yeah. And then there's, you know, places like that are just a bunch of old records, you know, that are just, and you can go a certain place for a certain thing and also know the people who work there are really knowledgeable and yeah. are hip to what's up and have interesting suggestions and you hear interesting things through the speakers when you're there. Mm -hmm. um, that said, I also am at a place where I buy so much music that sometimes I don't necessarily even get to absorb it and listen to it a lot. You know, I'll be one of those <laughs> yeah, people when I'm fair. dead, you people will look at these records and be like, this was played like twice. And I'll do, <laughs> I'll do that. I'll admit that's my overconsumption. But it's also very different and much richer and much better than um, the summer that I heard Interstate Love Song by Stone Temple Pilots every time I went somewhere in a car. Because <laughs> you couldn't <laughs> avoid. In the late 90s, I was living in a rural community where groceries were a 20-minute drive. And so within that 20 yeah. minutes, you heard Possum Kingdom, Interstate Love Song, and Under the Bridge. Oh yeah, no. If no, you were if you were listening fact, to radio, yeah. In fact, I remember those when I started playing in cover bands in the oh. in the mid late nineties. I those ones were the ones you had to play, like to get the gig. You know, <sighs> those like the audition piece when they had such a thing. I mean, most of the time you just talk to somebody's brother in law and get them in touch with whoever could get them whatever drug, and then they then you get the gig. But um, <laughs> uh you know when there was somebody taking it seriously yeah it's like yeah. i hate that song yeah i hate that song <laughs> um i really do <laughs> you know but you'd hear it in the grocery store yes and you hear it in the grocery store now yeah yeah i mean i guess for me is that like is that a bad song if you hear if you've heard it five times I don't know if you is that a bad song, though, if you've heard it a hundred times and a hundred well, times, sometimes more than songs that you actually like and would like to listen to. You know, I'd say yes, you'd say yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, having had to learn it like and play oh, it, God. you know, and oh, like try no. to feel that's a different monster. It. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say that that's not one. Do you know, there's a lot of songs that like. I, at various points in my life, I've thought we're like, this kind of sucks. And then I played it and I was like, actually, nah, this is pretty good. <laughs> you know, that is not number one of one, them. The, yeah, that's not one of them. You know, there are, there are a number, there are a number of Jimmy Buffett songs that actually will fall into this category. Surprisingly oh, no. enough, wow. like when you're playing it, you're just like, this is really sad. Like from this person's perspective, I'm trying to do this. Like, <laughs> I don't know the reason I stay here all season. You know what I mean? But like, <laughs> and I understand you know, the best one of my first nights out in Pittsburgh 
there was this this guy he was named his nickname was the bullfrog and i forget his real name but it was like part of like pittsburgh in the late 90s almost had like a lounge cabaret punk thing going on yeah 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 and he performed on a uh, marching band drum major drum that he had just wedged between his knees and would stand at the microphone and play i think i love you by sean cassidy but (laughs) i think i love you but what am i so afraid of there's something i'm not sure of and like just interpreted that way it was the creepiest song in the world (laughs) and it was just amazing you know and um yeah, I, I can understand that. I can understand that there is an internal, maybe Buffett, Jimmy Buffett despair. That Well, yeah, no, I mean, but yeah, there's, yeah, there's those, but like, and a lot, I <laughs> think, season. jokey songs, you know, like yeah. any song that's a little bit jokey has that going on, you know. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, in, in, in my experience, there's like, otherwise it wouldn't have sort of, it wouldn't have that same sort of hook, you know, cause when you listen yeah. to a comedy album, I don't care if it's your favorite comic, like most of the songs are dumb, straight dumb yeah. or they're like clever. And you're like, kind of like, okay. Do you know, mm-hmm. as an early childhood, weird Al fan, do you know, mm. uh, there was a point in which i was like i can't take this anymore really like i you know i still will go back and be like oh yeah that was a good one (laughs) yeah and like macarthur park as jurassic park is a better it's better in my opinion yes it is (laughs) you know mark mothersbaugh has said that he will never forgive weird owl for dare to be stupid he said it's really? the, he he said it's the best Devo song once. I saw an interview with one him once when he said Dare to be stupid by Weird Al I will hate him for eternity for getting that sound for perfecting the sound that we tried to make in Dare to be stupid. He's like he's like this That's is one of the crazy. best this is one of the if not the best Devo song. I think Adam Sandler's The Lonesome Kicker is the best Bruce Springsteen song. <laughs> It is without a doubt the best Bruce Springsteen song, The Lonesome Kicker by Adam Sandler. Like he just took all the conventions, distilled them, perfected them. It is like free-based, boiled down to its essential addictive element, Bruce Springsteen. Street name Uber Boss. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed, but yeah. So so I mean, I so does that mean you're a they might be giants guy? Um, you know, so yeah, to a certain extent, like, like you know. I, those guys, there's some bands that like, even if I don't listen to them very much, mm. they might be giants falls into that category. To some extent, cake falls into that category. Mm. There's just something about the arrangements of those yeah. tunes that you can't really, I can't really resist. I'm just sort of like, even, and both of those groups more so cake. I have periods of intensely hating cake, but um, understandable. They might be giants. I have I have periods of being like, is this for kids? No, it's not for kids. Maybe it's for kids. Maybe it's for me. Maybe it's for kids. (laughs) Well, I was even thinking about a song like they'll need a crane. There's that great scene in the in the they might be giants documentary where somebody's like, oh, Mm -hmm. that song's so funny. And like the A&R guy being like having to say to somebody label i think that's actually about the divorce and breakup of one of the johns's family but it's such a peppy song (laughs) well yeah i mean that that's the one you know one thing i think is lost in most contemporary songwriting and i don't know that it's necessarily contemporary i think we can include a large swathe the 20th century for this too but like it's like people lost that you know the tragic comedy thing yeah like shakespeare gave that to us you know he just hands mm-hmm. it to you yeah it's kind of like in modern english it's yes <laughs> sort of like we can do this now yes if you want yeah <laughs> you know so i 
yeah. I don't know. I, I, I think I think people should employ those things. I mean, on on my last um, EP, which was a uh, follow up to the one that I did with you. Yes, um, that's right. Uh, there's a tune called called um, Double Negative. That's mm. the whole the, the whole character is a is a chatty robot who gets left in one place for 200 years. And it's a one-sided conversation that they're making with the person who happens to walk in. Wow. <laughs> you know, it's, it's right. sad. You know, it is very sad. And that is, is like terrifying, is, that sense of time. Well, yeah. It well, and like there's like um, but also it's very funny, you know, in my I'm I'm tooting my own horn here, but I yeah. think it's funny. And yeah. generally speaking, people are like, play that funny robot one. <laughs> well i i think it's also for me and uh, if nothing else this podcast is about me geeking out on things that i like or find interesting nice um (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. and i can't believe i'm citing clenneth brooks the early 20th century (laughs) um but now that i teach creative writing too i think a lot about this idea Mm -hmm. of literariness that he said that you know there has to be maybe a delay in understanding. That was his big thing that makes something literary. You know, you can have prose with line breaks, but in order to be a poem, you have to maybe delay meaning. Or I also think about literariness is that there has to be, I hate the idea of using the phrase X factor, but there's not a better phrase in my mind that anyone's come up with yet, that there is something Mm -hmm. else, or maybe it's, I, it's the turbo, it's the extra gear. It's, there's another element there that gives Mm -hmm. you something to sit with, think about and explore in, in different ways. Yeah, 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 definitely. Something to keep coming back to. Yeah. And I think so for me, I think that, you know, I, I there is the phrase folkatronica or folkatronics, <laughs> you know, that you add to that. And it's and it's not just, you know, studio wizardry, but it is this whole aesthetic, you know, and, and talking about going from uh bad ghost as an acoustic kind of more traditional folk song you're going to call it folk or singer songwriter or coffee house there's one of the xm station coffee house you know that song right that thing (laughs) to this yeah thing that has a lot of reverb and has this sonic mistiness that you can imagine you know the Mm -hmm. sonic ectoplasm of that song and the production of it to add and make, I think for me, it's also is literariness that people have to think their way in. Yeah. To really I mean, get that, it, that, but you that, have to think your way into the song. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was, I was kind of, I was trying to bait that on some level in that, in the sort of immediate I mean, the immediate first line is I wore my best red dress, less like wine and more like blood. You know, yeah. <laughs> the whole first verse is very violent, really. Yeah. But a scene from afterwards, you know, and, yeah. and I think one of the sort of, I mean, this, the whole dreaming about what society is like in a future in an alternate reality yeah. where things go a certain way. It's very interesting to me, you know, yeah. and I don't think I like to see where, how far things I've, I've been bad about this my whole life. I like to see how far up to the line things get before they <laughs> fall on one side or another, you know? And, mm. and it's like, sort of like when you read like this sort of, the sort of, sort of casual, change in gender coding for example in philip k dick's ubik do you know um these type of things i'm just sort of like this is this is a subtle way to remove us from this reality do you know yeah and also to address some sort of representation issues that are being discussed very robustly at the moment um and what is you know like it's like then you then get to ask a deeper question about like 
you know, you brought up the chorus earlier and you get to ask the deeper question. It's like, not just I was, what is weakness or strength, but like, what do you mean when you say a man, do you know, yeah. what do you mean when you say uh, any of this, you know, and like to this character's it's, it, it's a fun game to kind of return to, to kind of be like, what is this in this context? I mean, and personally, like when it comes to like the, folktronica type of stuff and this is connected to it in some way um i very rarely get to get on the weeds on this so cut me off if i'm talking to no much. let's go for it <laughs> yeah. let's go for but, it and um, the echo effect is gone and it has been gone for the last half hour nice so this nice. is gonna work no matter what excellent so so i mean for me like i try to take this into the performance as well in that like the rig that I used to do these tunes was um, mostly composed of upcycled phones and, you know, different sorts of things I found. Like the value of the thing has increased for me in terms of stagecraft and in terms of like the overall aesthetic. If, if it, ha if like there's, I either have to have a personal history with it or I have to have found it for for it to be in the thing the only exception to that rule is the guitar that i just recently got uh that's made out of carbon fiber from a company called lava um mostly because if i was going to have a guitar in the post-apocalyptic future i would have that one because it's resistant to all kinds of temperature and whatnot <laughs> but the uh, but the the chaos pad i have a cord chaos pad that i actually did buy but everything else is almost either found or I got out of someone's trash or it's bits of things like there's one phone that powers the synthesizers. Um, that's actually four different phones I found that were broken and I took them to my friend Syl and she put them all into one that worked. <laughs> you know, it's, it's the same thing with, with a lot of these type of things. And then we tried to translate as much of this to the studio as possible, like lots of other sorts of in-universe re reasons for making certain choices like the lead-ups to the the lead-ups to the changes are like compounded instruments um from different sort of from different eras like kind of the idea was okay we need this big swell you know and you can do that with anything mm -hmm. you can just shout and then do a reverse attack or you can use them any variety of synthesizers but um in this particular case what we wanted to do is we wanted to get we wanted to get a real piano and we wanted to get a fake piano and we wanted to get um, we wanted to get an organ with a Leslie and all these sorts of things that are very iconic and very like targeted to certain eras. Because if you are learning and it's back to this Spotify thing we were talking about before, if you are learning to make music in a sort of in the wreckage of society you would use the same process that you would use to build a house in the wreckage of society you'd pick up things that are around yeah. and you put them together into this thing do you know it's like no it's that... medieval rome taking from the Colosseum type of situation yeah. <laughs> you know so that's what we were getting at now whether or not we were successful at it i don't know but like all of these things for me having a reason to like make these sort of Protosorial choices is kind of enough, you know, like it's that portrait of the artist as a young man thing. Like I can come up to the mirror, but what happens on the other side is not my business. <laughs> no, that makes perfect sense. And I think that's fascinating because for me, it's also, I think about our society at this moment, because my, mm -hmm. one of my tag phrases or explaining contemporary weird is that, well, the 20th century is dying. The 20th century is dying yeah. all around us, whether it's cool people who oh, did yeah. stuff in the 80s or maybe 20th century ways of just being, you know, yeah. especially yeah. for a nation living in a nation who's maybe imaginary perfect is 1950 something. The 20th <laughs> century is, is just we're not going to be able to live like that anymore. No, no, no. But I also think about. Like, I've been thinking a lot about the idea of Harbor Freight Tools. Yeah, no, no, me too, actually. But please yeah. continue. Yeah, is that <laughs> you buy something, it's so cheap. It's a comp, some of them are very complex machines yeah. that will break the second time you use them. 
but it is so cheap yeah. it doesn't matter. But yet it will live in a landfill for eternity, basically. <laughs> like it will not break down <laughs> yeah. it, because it is a complex machine for a thousand years. Yeah. No, 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 for sure. Like, and I have been many a time tempted by the $75 drill press. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, I don't need a drill press. I live in a New York apartment. Where would I even put it? But so um, I just actually bought a bunch of tools yesterday. But so next time you're in <laughs> Pittsburgh, next time when tours happen again, I have to take you to this place called Construction Junction. Okay. And in the same nice. building is also the center for creative reuse where it's only about upcycling stuff. But construction junction is where the old the pieces of old Pittsburgh houses and buildings that have been torn down go. Oh, that's awesome. Yes. And they just had like I'm very some, Yeah. I mean, if you want if you want church pews like the ones that I have, I got them at construction Yo. junction. You want you want definitely... a you want an altar? You want a lectern from a church? I kind of want, yeah, I kind of want a pulpit as the thing. <laughs> um, if you're there, if you're there on the right day, it's cash and carry. <laughs> Yo. But again, it's, See, it's a complex machine that'll live forever. Yeah. But if we let it, if we keep mm -hmm. it with us is the question. Yeah. No, no, no. That's I mean, I was talking to somebody about this the other day. I was sort of like, if you want to be and it, I, this goes back to to like the, the choosing, choosing your own adventure in terms of personal response. Yeah. Thing. <laughs> you know, um, it's like, you know, I don't get particularly well no that's not true i get riled up about all kinds of things but one of the things is that like just keep that out of the dump <laughs> you know yeah keep it out of the dump as long as you can you know uh but fix your toaster do you know yeah no if you can, i can if you, know? you can if you have if you have the, the, the way, yeah, if you have the tools, if you have the way with Al. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And on I'm that happy that. note, and also we were about to get more heavy rain here in Pittsburgh and thunderstorms within a few oh. moments, which means I could <laughs> okay. lose a combination of internet and or electricity. And okay. actually losing electricity would be apocalyptic because I think we would lose this recording. I think it's time for the bottom five. Nice. I think we better cut to the bottom five. But also to remind everybody, uh, and I'll have links uh, posted on the Gonna Die website. Um, so go to EW Harris Bandcamp. Just look for them. It'll say Brooklyn mm -hmm. Artist. Check this song. It drops tomorrow. And if I have electricity and internet, this podcast, it'll drop the day after, the morning after this podcast. Um, we also have a Patreon. You have, uh, I will post links to your Twitter, your Facebook. There is a release show happening. Is that? Yes, yes. Um, we we there's a there's a kind of collective art collective type of thing. They used to have a, a venue of their own. Now they're working out of the back of a place called Windjammer in Ridgewood. If anybody's in New York City and you would like to come, uh, all that uh, go to the website. There's ticket links and stuff and Instagram and all that. Yes. And so actually, the big website good. actually is no matter what, ewharrismusic.com. And yes. it is spelled exactly yes. like you would think EWHarrisMusic.com would be spelled like. Go there mm -hmm. and then you can find all the other things. <laughs> but are you ready for the bottom five? Yes, I think. All well, right. as ready as I can be. Okay. Question one. And it's the same question everybody gets first time. If reincarnation is real and you had to come back as an infectious disease or illness, what kind of disease or illness would you be? If you could choose. Mm. If I could choose. If you could choose and you um, had to come back as a disease or illness. Does it have to be real? No. Okay. Well, I would probably come back as some kind of brain parasite that makes people feel good and have like one special ability until they die. Oh, I like that. Sort of like the worms from that you Futurama know. episode. Yeah. I, that's yeah, the best. That you know? might be the best. 95 <laughs> episodes. That might be the best answer to that question. <laughs> 
<laughs> the other one was just that, you know, gut bacteria people need to, to digest food. That's the only helpful. Oh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yours is, yours is better. <laughs> and actually, I didn't mean it. And I had already picked this one out. So it might be some Jungian synchronicity thing, but without the latent anti-Semitism okay. of Jung. <laughs> Name an item from your childhood that you lost or get rid of that you most wish you could get back. Oh, wow. I'm bad about losing things. So there's a lot of things that fall into that category. Um, and I say this as the guy who just yesterday took delivery, two days ago, took delivery of the Kmart knockoff brand Pong machine off of eBay that I grew up with that died when I went to college. I found a complete full working order in the original oh. box machine that is now hooked up to my TV at home downstairs. Yeah. So I, I got I that have, back. I, 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 well, that's the whole thing. I'm looking right now at the original issue speak and spell that I got back. Um, <laughs> oh, dang. And, and right next to it is Mr. Robot that I got back. So I think, <laughs> you know, yes. although Mr. Mr. Robot's propeller is now missing, I th think there's one. So my dad had this um, ancient piece of crap guitar, and it, I remember getting splinters off it as a kid. And then, you know, but it was the only one I was allowed to play when I was real little. <laughs> The like splintery one and uh, oh my God. uh yeah i just one day it disappeared mm. i've never seen it again i have like very very vivid memories of that it either has to be that or my grandfather's like combo would have been fancy back in the day combo record player tape thing with the quarter inch all quarter inches in and out it's like a Hitachi brushed thing. I played with that all the time as a kid. I'd like tape records onto a tape because I didn't, couldn't, you know, somebody bought me a cheap Walkman at some point and I would tape records onto it. And then I would try to make my own audio books also, which was just like, I never got past the first, you know, beginning. It was always the beginning of the Hobbit. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> you know, but, <laughs> wow. but so it would either be it would either be that sort of it would either be that hitachi stereo or the broken guitar i can't really tell which Those are one two good things damn <laughs> all right question three Name a film world you would like to visit or live in permanently. If you could gumby your way into a DVD box. Six string samurai. Great choice. No hesitation. <laughs> that was hot, man. No hesitation. Six string samurai. Oh, you Get know? It. Yeah. I try to, uh, you know, I try to probably join the enforcer bowling team or the red Elvises one. Nice. Yes. You know. <laughs> love it yeah i mean in in dystopian universes which it, it seems somewhat obvious i would pick one yeah a lot of other ones don't seem too fun you know yeah you know you're right you're right i mean that's um <laughs> well it's mark fisher's capitalist realism right we can we, you're right we can't think of anything else that might be better or different in a workable way it's only the apocalypse so yeah right. fun which actually, again, this is weird osmosis synchronicity thing. Question four is also is a dystopian mm. question. Okay. If we were living in a dystopian future and the only books to survive would be those bound in human skin, would you? And what book would you donate your skin for? And don't say the Bible, the Quran, mm. or the complete works of Shakespeare. Somebody already took those. Those are taken care of. But yes. if you were, yes, confronted with this book will not survive in future human history unless it is bound in my skin. What are you tucking under your your uh, tucking into your armpit and walking into the tannery with? 
Okay. Um, the answer to the first question, yes, I definitely would. And the answer to the second question would be probably. Uh, so can it be um, one that the publisher subdivided? Sure. Okay. So it would be Gene Wolfe's Book of the New Sun. Okay. I'm not familiar. It's it's super good. It's in that weird intersection of time travel and fantasy and sci-fi. Mm. Um, there's an epic quality. It's so he makes up a bunch of words. It's I I, I try to tell. I found it on the street. Is the thing uh, the first time I I found the first like skinny because it's published in five. Now it's published in three volumes, but in the first place, the publishers broke it up into six. But it's Dickens had the same problem. One book, really. Um, yeah. 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 <laughs> but um, the uh, I found it on the street and I was like, what's this? At the time, I was my policy was I will only read books that I find, you know, because in New York City, that's an easy proposition. And you can find some interesting things, you know, that don't happen to be Nicholas Sparks as the notebook, which is mostly what you find. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so I picked it up and I was like, what's this, you know, 70s, like dude with a black cloak and no shirt on, you know, I'm definitely reading this. And, you know, it's amazing. I would definitely, that would be the book. And what's that title again? The Book of the New Sun? The Book of the New Sun. Like the first episode is called Shadow and Claw. And the author is Gene Wolfe. All right. Um, Yeah, it's absolutely worth it. Absolutely. I would definitely feel honored to use my skin to bind that book if it were to preserve it. (laughs) Love it. Love it. And actually, you know, I'm going to change. I had a question five picked, but I'm going to pick a new one. Since we're okay. we're in a, we're in a groove, we're in a vibe. These are supposed to be random, nice. but this isn't. What's your earliest memory? Or, if you prefer, what's your earliest memory collect, connected to music and or art? Oh, I think my earliest memory involves um, a toy fireman going down the bathtub drain. So the uh, uh, I'd say my earliest memory connected to music is my folks so the first house that they bought they they moved from uh my grandfather gave him a garden plot on the outside of Cogga falls ohio which is a little town kind of outside of akron um and on the outside of that he had a garden plot and they moved a derelict house from the middle of Gaga Falls out to the garden plot. And my dad thought it would be cool to finish the basement as like a bootleg studio type situation. And there was like a real tape machine. And some of my earliest memories were like walking down. And it's connected to that broke F. It was an F hole looking guitar. You used to find them at garage sales all the time. And they were retrofitted in the 40s with as little metal as possible like the brass frets and like rosewood fittings this one was wrecked i do have another example of that that i own but um my earliest one of my earliest memories connected with music specifically was like my dad and his buddy ted were like smoking mad blunts and trying to record something on this reel-to-reel thing my first words roll them up you know i mean if that needs to be clear (laughs) so uh you know the like i remember a very specific moment there was like a you know that carpet they used to put on like straight up on the floor Mm -hmm. finished basements you know like the really thin like hotel type of carpet like brown and orange stripes um i remember sitting on there and i was like i had the guitar like on the ground and i was just like hitting it you know Mm-hmm. And my dad and his buddy Ted were kind of baked and they were just sort of like jamming. And and at some point they were like, you got to stop that. And I was like, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. 
So, I mean, maybe that's the thesis of my life, really. <laughs> I think so. And I think that on that note, I think it's time to end. I think right we, on, can't, right we can't top that. Again, uh, Bad Ghost by E.W. Harris drops July 9th, 2021, Year of Our Lord 2021. Yes. Check it out on Bandcamp or go to ewharrismusic.com. Uh, our next episode will eventually happen and it'll be about something. Our homepage nice. where you can find new and old episodes is going to die podcast.com. We're also on Apple podcasts, Spotify, Google play podcast, Stitcher, tune in podcast addict. And when I remember, and I don't remember often try Mixcloud. follow for classic episodes, follow us on Twitter at, at going to die podcast. And we're all going to die is on Facebook. Special thanks to Andrew Fox for our lovely theme music. And thank you so much to our guest, E.W. Harris. Thank you so much. <laughs> this has been a wonderful conversation that I've enjoyed tremendously. Right on. My All pleasure. Right. Yes. Later, meets. Take it easy.